When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Co-offensive coordinator and running backs coach Chad Scott talks about the Mountaineer running backs. That's coming up right after this. It's time to get your first look at the 2021 Mountaineers. Join us for the Gold Blue Spring Football Game presented by Incova Insurance Saturday, April the 24th inside Mountaineer Field at Milan Pushkar Stadium. Kickoff set for 1 p.m. Tickets available for just $10 at WVUGame.com and a portion of the proceeds will benefit WVU Medicine Children's. So join us Saturday, April the 24th for the Gold Blue Game. Get your $10 tickets now at WVUGame.com. So, Chad, let's just start out with the basics. Um, what are you trying to accomplish with your running backs this spring? The biggest thing you're trying to accomplish is uh, being able to have success in uh, different run schemes. You know, we were two years ago, we were really good at outside zone. This year, like the pra- last year, we were really good at inside zone. So, we're trying to, in the spring, we're trying to do a great job having success at, you know, inside zone, outside zone, and any gap scheme runs that we have. So we can be more versatile in the run game. And and the biggest thing I'm looking for with, with that is just the guys being disciplined with their eyes in the run game and understanding how to bring defenders to their blocks to create space and opportunity for themselves to make a play and make it easier for the old line to create movement up front. Coach, we have a a three-part question here from Bob Herzl coming in on uh, email. I'll ask you all three parts here. The first question is, 
Um, you have a couple of high-profile running backs coming in as freshmen this year. Uh, what is the process of introducing them to the college game? Well, the first process is actually going to start as soon as, uh, you know, as soon as, you know, they're both in school right now, uh, trying to allow them guys the opportunity to uh, finish school before we really start to get, get into the uh, X's and O's. And one's actually in the season right now, so definitely I want to talk that with them. But as soon as those guys finish uh, their schooling, man, we're going to start talking X's and O's right away. We'll take it real slow. I'm going to talk about from the basis of just understanding how to get lined up and, and, you know, footwork on run plays and what to look at, you know. So as soon as those guys complete their schooling in high school and they're done and they're ready to take that next step, we'll start introducing uh, the offense to them right away before they even get here. Okay, second part is um, how difficult is it to have them listen to the changes you feel should be made in their game when they're, uh, they've known nothing but success since peewee football? Oh man, that's that that is difficult. That you know, you're talking about 18 years of some habits that they, they formed and created over time. It's allowed them to have success that they've had. Uh and, and so it's typical, you know, I've been a lot of now those guys are so gifted coming out of high school. You know, some of the things that we teach, they actually do instinctively right now. Like watching both of those guys, they do a lot of things right now naturally that I teach. So, you know. It, it, it will be a transition for them, uh, more so uh, from a pass game and, and route running uh, than it will be for the run game because they actually do a lot of things naturally right now. The biggest adjustment would be to get those guys to understand how to bring defenders to the block. That's going to be something that's different for them, and, and that is, that's an adjustment that takes time. But, you know, we'll have about eight weeks in the summer with them, and, of course, we got uh, fall camp with those guys. So, assuming, you know, those guys being elite-level running backs that – it won't take them as long, much time as it would, you know, someone that's not as elite as those two. Yeah, and that, Coach, that brings us to the third part of the question, and I think you touched on it. What normally is the toughest thing to get across to them? Is it uh, pass protection, uh, receiving, learning the system on following their blockers? What usually is the toughest thing to the, the, get the, ab the absolute toughest is pass protection. They're all gonna, they, they will come in ready to run right away. They'll pick up on the run game easily. It'll become natural to them. But pass protection is not – that is not natural. They're not used to 230, 40-pound guys coming at them, and they got to pick that guy out one-on-one. And just understanding how to eliminate, you know, guys on defense. We got five old linemen. They got five guys on defense. You got the other six. And figuring out which, which two out of those six I have. So pass pro is the biggest adjustment for them. And so that'll be, you know, when we start talking scheme and all that, that'll be something that we spend, you know, the majority of the time on before we start introducing anything else. Okay, we'll move back to our uh, Zoom call here. Um, John Antonic. Uh, Coach, um, your thoughts on how uh, Mathis and Sparrow performed in the, in the scrimmage after having uh, watched the tape. Looked like on Mathis's two runs, the, the, it was blocked really well. Yeah, you know what? No, and I, and I tell you what, it was, it, it, was, it was really blocked really well. But he actually done a phenomenal. You get behind, you, you get behind that offensive line. He did a phenomenal job of manipulating the linebacker and bringing them to the blocks to create an even bigger space for himself. Okay. And but you, you know, so so to start with him, the first two runs were you know, you know, I almost anticipated that happening. You know, real eager, first opportunity to go out there in the last situation for him okay. where it really matters. It really matters, and he he didn't look good on the first run. It was an opportunity for him to hit a big one, and he did something that was. You know, you know, freshman liked and didn't happen. Um, and then the uh, a short yard situation where you know he just fell down in the backfield. 
after getting those jitters out, you know, he did some stuff that, man, you know, it was really great to see. I didn't, you know, I've seen glimpses of it, but to see him do it, you know, repeatedly, play after play was really good. But it was some great blocking up front. But even go along with that great block, he did a phenomenal job of uh, bringing the defenders to the blocks. And when he does that, it does look that way. And that's how we want him to look when they understand that. And it took him a while to get that. So pressing blocks is one of his strengths? It is, it's become one of his strengths. Yeah. It, was, it was not one of his strengths before. It has become one of his strengths now. And so now from, from this point, now it's about stacking consistency doing that. Because, right. again, he's showing glimpses of doing it. Now he did it consistently after those first two poor runs throughout the rest of the scrimmage. Now it's seeing him do it consistently. How, how did Sparrow look in your opinion? He, that was his best practice since he's been here the other day. Okay. Uh, you know, and he, he was a guy, you know, he got phenomenal speed. But, you know, playing the running back position, they would tell him all the time, you know, if you don't understand how to run the tracks and bring defenders to your blocks and had the ability to do one cut, one cut, you know, because he had, you know, he had a bad habit of, like, chopping his feet to change direction. And on this level, you know, when you, when you chop your feet as opposed to one cut to change direction, that defense closes on you fast. And Saturday was his first time doing it over, you know, complete practice to the point where it made me tell him, you know, this isn't like from I told Coach Brown moving forward, we're not gonna call these practices. We're just gonna call the scrimmage. Today is scrimmage number ten. Today is scrimmage number eleven. Because he looked totally, he looked totally different in that setting. But it was really good to see him do that. Because if he can do that for us, one cut had a one cut ability to change direction with his speed, that's huge. So I was real pleased with both of those guys Saturday. Last thing for me, um, I know Neil has said you want to try to get three ready to go by the time yeah. you play. You, you feel confident you can get there. I do feel confident I can get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, one of the reasons I feel so confident to get there because those guys want to get there. I mean, yeah. their, their eagerness to learn, learn and get better is, is you know, is, is something that's great. And so that's why I feel even more confident to get there. Even with those freshmen coming in, they're the same way. So I do. Next question from Cody Nesper. Hey, Coach. Uh, Neil has talked a lot this spring about um, – kind of holding Letty back, you know, not letting him take a lot of contact and things like that. Is right. there a balance between making sure nothing happens to him, you know, heading into the season, and, but still, you know, letting him get better and, and do the things he needs to do to be ready for next season? No, it's really no balance. You know, he gets all the work. Uh, you know, we've only had uh, two situations. Uh, like Saturday was the only full scrimmage we've had for, for – you're talking about from the time practice started to the time it end, ended. And so that was really the only time he almost got no, you know, any work. But the, uh, the other time we had that, you know, it was, you know, it was about half and half. So anytime we go third and into that stuff, he gets all the, he gets all the reps. Uh, you know, let his big deal this offseason. We know what he can do running the football. You know, the biggest thing we wanted to uh, improve on with him is just his ability to be able to catch the ball out of the back, which he did well. You know, I'm talking more so being able to line him up outside of the receiver, you know, increasing mismatch because he got great ball skills. And then just his understanding of some of the little things that can help take his game to another level on some things he did well at, but just increase his understanding of why. But um, he's getting he's getting a lot of work. You know, again, it was just that one. Saturday was probably the only practice out of, you know, nine, I believe, or eight, rather. He hardly got anything done. But it's no balance at all. He, he's playing. He's going other than just tap. Kevin Kinder. It's going back to the first question uh, where you were discussing, you know, inside zone versus outside zone and, you know, trying to mesh those things. What's the process of identifying what your backs do better? I'm assuming that like offensive linemen, some guys do better, you know, one play versus the other, and then putting that together. 
you know, the line strengths and your back strengths to get the, the best plan of attack for you? Well, you know, you, you know, that's, and I, that's not, that's not a bad question. Uh, you know, some, some guys may have a better feel, but I, I figured like just me personally, I would tell a guy two kind of backs is every down back and the sub back and the sub back this guy can't do everything. The, the, I think if you teach, you know, I teach those guys to be so disciplined with their eyes, you know, because Tony Mathis, if you ask anyone on the staff before now, uh, what kind of bat they would say Tony Mathis was, and it'd be that he was a, he's a downhill inside zone, inside zone guy. But now you watch him run the outside zone right now, and he looks almost as natural as, you know, Laddie uh, running the ball in terms of his, you know, fluidity, change direction. You know, so I think it's just more so just getting those guys to be so disciplined with their eyes and understanding how to help block, help, help their read key and bring the finish to their block. And if they can understand that part of it, we can have success. You know, those guys can have success at any run scheme if they just understand where their eyes are supposed to be and how to bring their read keys to their blocks and create space for themselves. And so I, th I talk more so in that regard than I just, you know, talk about, hey, did we run the inside zone? We need to be this. Outside zone, we need to be this. This gas game need to be this. I talk more, hey, let's we run this play. Where your eyes supposed to be? How are you supposed to bring that guy to your blocks, you know? And looking at it from that standpoint, they don't even think of it like that. So I think if you ask anyone on right now, they'll tell you they're just as good at one and they, is it, they are the other. We'll go back to Greg Hunter. Ted, you got a couple of walk-on running backs, too, in, in Owen Chapin and Mark Rucker. What, what, what are your thoughts of them? How, how have they performed? I, mean, I tell you what, Mark Rucker's done some really good things uh, in this camp. Like, you know, uh, and he's a kid that's real eager. You know, it's funny, last year they used to call him dead layer rub. You know, he had his big stride. He had a big stride, and his, he struggled to run between the tackles because he had his big stride. He was only really effective during one-on-ones where he take with what they call his dead layer, like this big one-stick cut and cut back. And we talked, I said, you know, for you to be effective running back, you got to like, you know, you got to shorten your stride so you can be able to change direction in, in the tackle box. And he's done that. And the kid, I've been really impressed with how, you know, well the kids caught on. And, and what it's done is give him a lot of confidence. He's doing well on special teams and he's becoming a factor on special teams. And, you know, so he, I'm really pleased with him. And uh, Owen Chafe is doing really well as well. You know, he knows he's been around longer than Rucker. So he knows what he's doing and he gets some opportunities on special teams as well. So I'm really pleased with both of those guys. They, they both eager. And they both understand the importance of being able to, uh, you know, know the role that they have on the football team and, and maximize it, you know, particularly in the area of special teams. Cody Nesper. So mm -hmm. something uh, Letty has talked a lot about, especially last year, was improving his relationship with the offensive linemen. And yep. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, how important that relationship is. Oh, that's very important. And I talk to him about that all the time, you know, uh, like – I'm not done. We know we're going to talk about it in the meeting room, but, you know, things that you might say in the meeting room to me or to the other backs, like, or things that you may think, you may watch them and you think this, you think that, go talk to those guys. Speak to them so they know what you think, you know what they're thinking, and you guys give them the same page. You guys are the ones out there in the field of play, you know, playing. And it's, and it's a great thing, you know, it's funny you say that because I just uh, we came out the field not too long ago, and after one of the periods, uh, one of the run plays, uh, James Gometer came call Letty on the sideline, and they start talking about, you know, what happened. And that's, I mean, that's gold. You know, instead of him coming to me, asking me what happened, or Gometter going to Coach Moore asking what happened, I thought that was huge for Gometter to go to Letty and talk, and those guys talk through it. That relationship is trust. It's like anything. It's no different than a, a coach to a player just having that trust. Well, it's no different from running the football, you know, with the old linemen. They got to have trust in us, and we got to have trust in them. And the only way to do that is those guys have a relationship 
and communicate. We took a big step forward. I'll tell you this, last year, nobody knows this, but me and Coach Moore and the old lineman running backs, but right before the bowl game, uh, Letty wanted to uh, – he wanted to uh, take the running back group and, and go in the offensive line room and just tell those guys how much they've uh, meant to uh, us as a running back group. And, and, you know, they may not get all the, the praise and the credit and the attention of, you know, in, in public, but he wanted to let those guys know that they've – you know, just, you know, as much of the success he's had is because of all the things they've done. And that from that from that one meeting, man, I feel like, you know, the bond and the chemistry between the backs and the uh, O-line has just tremendously grown. And it's just continuing now throughout spring football. John Antoni. Uh, along those lines, I'm sure Letty, this predates you, but Letty had to make Walter Payton runs just to get back the line of scrimmage that first year before you got here. Probably why he did it. But I, I was going to ask you, um, uh, the two guys that you brought in are, are over 200 pounds. Uh, all, all the backs that you got are right around 200 pounds. Coincidence or is that by design? No, it's by design. You know, you know honestly, the, the emphasis was going into that, this class was to get two true running backs, you know what I mean, that um, you know, had the size. You Because know, coming into the season, you know, we lost – we got Avari uh, Sparrow. It's on the match run a little bit. They all got speed. You know, Avari Sparrow got he got long speed. He got some. He got some tremendous speed. But we want to just have uh, get two true running backs that can you know run and catch the ball out of the backfield. So both of those both of those guys have uh, you know really good size, uh, great balance, and they catch the ball naturally out of the backfield. And you know with their build and their strength, you know they'll be able to come in at least or have a willingness to block. Of course, I got to teach them the technique, whatnot. But uh, that that was not by uh, that was by design to get two true running backs with, with good size. Of course, pass pro that helps too. Take it on bigger guys. Well, you know, of course. Well, you know that's the hardest thing. Uh, we talk about doing hard stuff better in the, in the backfield, and that's the biggest thing. Is if you do hard stuff better, the rest of it comes easy. They run the ball naturally. They're gonna catch the ball naturally. Now picking up the blitz, that's not natural. <laughs> you that's you got to be supernatural and just in your mindset you want to do that coming out of high school. So. But given the size that they have, that that's a plus for them. And then obviously, you know, Coach Joseph coming in, you know, them working with uh, Coach Joseph, building up the strength, have increased their confidence. And then me coaching up technique, increased the confidence even more. And ultimately, they just got to go out there and do it. Or to block bigger kids. I mean, they were blocking smaller kids in high school. Now they're going to block bigger kids too. That's another deal to throw in there, I guess. There ain't no doubt. There ain't no doubt. That's why they'd be supernatural in their mind. <laughs> And that was West Virginia co-offensive coordinator, Chad Scott. Thanks for listening. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.